Welcome back to another episode of Sundays with Jeff Miller. Once again, I'd like to thank you for joining in, and uh, hopefully you're being fair to your league mates by sharing these podcasts with them so that the competition is tough. You don't want to make it easy on them, so you want to help them out. You want to make sure that you're sharing Sundays with Jeff Miller with a friend in your league so that they can have some uh, advice because everybody's not going to take it the same way and have an opportunity to use that so that it's competitive and it's fun and you're playing nice and you're showing them love, right? That's what we want. So we're going to go back. This is going to be more about the it factor and how to come up with a draft strategy to help you win your fantasy football league. And this week I was able to enjoy an article by Matthew Berry that I think is very, very appropriate for this particular episode. And it is the seven habits of highly effective drafters. Do you have it? I'm going to share those habits with you, have a little discussion about it. And then if you're patient, you will get to hear my review of wide receivers number 11 through 25. So we've ranked 1 through 10. You're going to get to have my listing number 11 through number 25. And what makes the difference in those players. So stay tuned for that. But first, let's get into 7 Habits of Highly Effective Drafters. And it should be a part of your draft strategy. Number 1. Spend a ton of time preparing. Now... There are some things that you can prepare for, and there's some things that you just need to know about your fantasy football league. It is important to understand scoring. So PPR, half point per reception, super flex leagues, and standard. Knowing the difference in how they score is relevant to how you should draft players in your draft. Did you know that eight of the top 10 running backs last year in PPG leagues, that's a point per game, saw at least 25% of their fantasy points come from receiving. That's an important function of how a PPR league works. So you may want to pay attention to that and who becomes more valuable in that particular format. And you can take a look at history over the last three years or four years. Have they changed teams? Do they have a new offensive coordinator? Those all come into play there. Uh, you also want to know like your roster size. So as you're preparing to draft, you want to know exactly how many players you want to carry and at what position. And, and you have to be flexible in that because you may make an adjustment because you see a quarterback that's available. A lot of guys last year picked up Josh Allen uh, in the 11th and 12th rounds of their draft by being flexible if they weren't and they were only going to draft one quarterback and one quarterback only, they missed a, a great opportunity there. So there's an example of that. And then you want to know how free agents work and budgets work within your league. Some leagues use a scale or a moving scale. So if you have the 10th pick in a 10-team league, you would then have the first chance at a waiver wire. Others use a budget. 
they set an amount of money and they allow you to bid and once you've spent your allotment you're done so there's a lot of different ways to prepare yourself for your free agent budgets and then mock draft mock draft and mock draft and what I recommend you do there is you mix it up depending on where you're picking you know if you're picking in the top three you're probably pretty set in a PPR league that you're gonna go with a running back as so in a standard league but what if you're in a super flex league that that becomes a little different you're gonna probably be focusing on you know one of those top quarterbacks right off the bat so mock draft practice you know try a running back strategy Try a wide receiver strategy. Try starting out with one of the top two or three tight ends in a, in a quarterback and see where you fall and see how you're rated. The one thing I will tell you, I use Fantasy Pros a lot. I don't particularly care for how they, they rank benches and flexes because they never seem to tie together. Like they want you to draft five or six running backs and if you draft them at the end of the draft and they end up on your bench, they'll actually score you higher then in my opinion they should because to me if you're doing that you're almost going with a zero running back strategy and you're hoping that one of those five players end up being worthwhile but they they score you in a good way that way but then if you draft possibly five running backs at the beginning of the draft they may not score you so well so there seems to be kind of a balance issue in there but anyway I think you can play with it and get a pretty good idea myself I like to look at the end of it and go hmm I will take that fantasy team to my league if I could draft that team and I'll take my chances with those guys. So mock draft, mix it up, have fun with it. Number two, seven habits of highly effective drafters helping you get the it factor. They identify the relative depth at each position. And by that, you know, this year, if you look, they're, they're really touting wide receivers and I've got some information I'm going to share with you along that line but they're really touting you know the depth in the wide receiver position so you should get at least two of your first three picks should be a running back uh, in pretty much any league format um, but I would beg to argue with that a little bit and here's the reason why one I think it's better to start a run than end a run so if you can get Travis Kelsey as your number one tight end, you're better off than getting, say, Mike Gusecki at number 10. It's better to start a run than end a run. Do you want the sixth, seventh, eighth possible, possibly best running back when you can have the number one, two, or three wide receiver? Questions you have to ask yourself. And I think that's what makes fantasy football fun. So identify the relative depth at your positions. And that's also based on keepers. And if you are in a keeper league, and it's also based on your drafting position. But here's a point I would like to make to you. In 2020, RB number five averaged 258.9 points in a PPR game. Our RB number 10 was 218.5. That's a 15.6% drop. That's 40 points difference between an RB5 and an RB10. And then RB15 is 193.2, which is an 11.6% draft from RB10, which is a 27.2% drop from RB5. 
to RB15. So that's that's interesting to me. But if you move over to the wide receiver slot, wide receiver number five averaged 281.5 points. Wide receiver number 10, 254. And then WR15, 236.8. So what I find interesting about this, my takeaway on this, is that you can draft the fifth best wide receiver and have more production than you would with the fifth best running back. You could draft the 15th best wide receiver and have better production than the RB10. So depending on where you're setting yourself up and where you're identifying the relative depth at each position may or may not give you an opportunity to set your team up in a way or construct your team in a way that you can be successful. So there, I have a little more as I go along in this uh, about that, but more habits. Habit number three to get you in the it position. Abide by the one big secret of fantasy football. What do you think that would be? What is the biggest secret in fantasy football? Minimize risk and give yourself the best odds to win each week. That's how simple it gets. And I'm going to give you a little information here and see how this settles with you. But here's a question for you. Who is the one quarterback that has thrown 30 TDs in each of the past two seasons? Who is it? Now I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. But first, I'm going to share with you habit number four. They use rankings and flexibly and in context. So they use the rankings flexibly and in context. So you're going to have a lot of different rankings of players based on experts, based on average draft positions. Um, you have to be flexible when it comes to those rankings. Oh, by the way. Who was that quarterback? It was Russell Wilson. Think about that. Russell Wilson, the only quarterback with 30 TDs in the last two seasons. Minimize risk. Give yourself the best odds to win each week. That's my point with that. Okay, back to rankings and being flexible and in context. What I recommend in this area is that you lock in your top five picks and then construct your roster according to that. So if your top five picks, because of the way the draft and the flexibility you're showing to build your team happens to put you in a position where you have two running backs and three wide receivers, you've built that top five. Those core five guys are going to give you a chance to win each and every week in your fantasy football league. What I'm recommending is at that point you construct your roster. So now you know you need one quarterback, but I'm going to recommend maybe two quarterbacks. You need one tight end, but I'm going to recommend two because you have the flexibility. So take what comes your way after round five to construct your roster to be successful and adapt your team to that. I think that's a valuable point that you can use to help you get it exactly where you need it. Get that exactly where you need it? How about number five? Habit number five, focus on winning weeks. What is the object? Each week is to score more points than the other team. After round five, 
you want players who can be elite and you can see it coming. So, matchups. I'll tell you a guy that I think is uh, possibly fits into this, not being drafted real high. How about a Miko Harmon playing with Patrick Mahomes? Best quarterback in the NFL. You know, he's going to throw the football. Kansas City's been in the top 10, the only team in the top 10 um, in the last pff, three years to uh, in, in passes thrown in air yards, right? Miko Hardman moves up into the number two slot. Watkins moves on. He gives you a great opportunity to have an elite week from him. And you can readily draft him currently in an average draft position in the 10th to 12th round, depending on whether you're in a 10-team league or a 12-team league. That's what I mean by that. So focus on winning your week and try to have those players available that are going to help you be successful when you're constructing your roster at your draft. Number six, be adaptable and trust yourself above all others. So be flexible. Don't lock in on an X player in X round or you will limit your opportunities. Opportunities, right? Opportunities. Don't limit your opportunities. Be flexible. Um, be adaptable in your draft. Sometimes we get locked in on a player and that's the way we move and it just, yeah, there's a better opportunity for you. Be ready for those opportunities. Mock drafts will help you prepare, prepare for that and play with it and see how it works out and how you construct your roster. And then last but not least, the seventh habit, the draft is just the first step in your success. In your fantasy football league, it's just the first step. Have fun. You have 13, maybe 14 weeks before the playoffs this year because we've added an extra week. Um, make sure you understand how you can make trades in your league. Make sure you understand free agency and how to benefit from free agency. Make sure you know how you want to use your players on a week-to-week -week basis. And remember, get those core five locked in, make yourself competitive, and then adapt from there. Construct that team, build your it factor. It really is that simple. And that's it for our seven habits of highly successful drafters. Thank you, Matthew Berry, for putting that out every year. I enjoy that article tremendously. It kind of helps me focus and realign my thoughts heading into my fantasy football team drafts. All right, so I'm going to pause for just a second. I will be right back, and we're going to go over wide receiver rankings number 11 to number 25. Sit tight, and I'll be right back. All right, here we go. We're going to start out with wide receivers, and we're going to evaluate number 11 to number 25. And then next week, just so you have a little bit of heads up, actually not next week, my next episode coming in a couple days to you will be my RB 1 through 10, the rankings of running backs number 1 through 10, followed by the running backs ranked number 11 through number 25. And then shortly after that, we'll do a little bit with the quarterbacks, the tight ends, and we may just mix them in together. We're going to come up with a top 100 cheat sheet for you to use for your draft. But just a quick review, wide receiver number one was Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill number two, Stefan Diggs number three, 
DeAndre Hopkins, number four, Calvin Ridley at number five, Keenan Allen up to number six, Debo, or no, Allen Robinson, sorry, number seven, number eight, Justin Jefferson, number nine, A.J. Brown, and then number 10, D.K. Metcalf. Moving on to number 11. Number 11 um, had to take a little creative thinking on my part. I really looked at a lot of different guys, and I came up with this particular individual, and I'm going to go with Julio Jones, Tennessee, not Atlanta, now in Tennessee. Now, last year he had 51 receptions, 68 targets, 3 TDs, only 146.1 fantasy points. So you're probably asking why would I put him at number 11. Well, the reason that I put him there is because he his injury history was rough last year, but he missed seven games in 2020. But he only missed one game in 2019. He missed no games in 2018. His highest output last year was 33.7, but in 2019 it was 38.4 fantasy points, and 2018 30.6. So just to run that down for you, in 2020, even though he missed seven games, he had three plus 20 games and one plus 30 game. In 2019, he had five plus 20 games and one plus 30 game. In 2018, he had 10 plus 20 games and one plus 30. Um, his under 10 number was three games out of the nine games he played last year. He, it was two in 2019 and only one in 2018. So he had 771 yards last year to go along with the rest of those that production that I gave you. So that's why I'm moving him up. I'm going to keep Julio Jones there. I believe with Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, it becomes a really potent one-two wide receiver set. I think Ryan Tannehill, the moves they're making, it kind of looks to me like, you know, they're realizing that, you know, Derrick Henry, 370 touches in a season is not going to sustain him very long. They have an extra regular season game. I think you're going to see him throw the football a little more. And that's why I think if Julio Jones can stay healthy and be on the field, he will be falling into that number 11 position. On to number 12, Robert Woods. Um, his average draft position has been number 18. Um, his receptions last year were 90, which ranked him number 5. And when I say number 5, I'm talking about the second set of 15. He falls in at number 5 with 90 receptions, 129 targets, 6 TDs. And one of the reasons that I picked him and moved him up is his high was 30.6. He had four games over 20, one game under 30. But he did have 10 games under, under uh, six games under 10. But his WR1 number to WR3 numbers, and it's the WR3 number that I look at. He's 75 is his percentage at number two he's at 50 percent and he puts up wr1 numbers 25 percent of the times that's pretty consistent that's a nice number he had 936 yards and i think he's just going to do better with stafford there so that's why i moved robert woods, woods up to number 12 and then deontay johnson comes in at number 13 his average draft position is 21 
His high last year was 29 points. He had six games over 20. His receptions, 88. But his targets, his targets were number one in this second group. He had 144 targets um, in that 11 through 25 ranking. And then his seven TDs, 219.8 fantasy points and 923 yards. I don't really see that changing much for him. Um, Najee Harris should make some of those short routes that he runs a little easier if Najee Harris can make other teams move up. And I really don't think that Ben Roethlisberger is going to start throwing the ball much further down the field. So I really think he's safe at that number 13 ranking. And again, his WR ranking of 40% puts him at number two in the next 15. So that's a really high number for a number two, number two receiver possibly on your roster. Um, the WR number's coming in at 40%, and then his number three at 66.7, which is number one. So his high to low is not very, not really that bad. So keep that in mind. Number 14, Terry McLaurin. Um, two things that draw me to him at this number 14 position. One, his targets at 134, which ranked him at number three. And then the other thing that under 10, points a game he only had three times so very consistent his wr1 numbers come in at 26.7 percent number two 46.7 and number three at 73.3 percent his yardage was 1118 that's a nice number his over 20 was at plus four and his high game was 25.5 so what you're getting there is a very consistent receiver if he's your number two that's a, that's a good position. That's a good player to have uh, on your roster. Number 15, Adam Thielen. Um, he comes in with 14 touchdowns that rank him number one in this next 15 group that we're giving you right here. His average draft position is 17. When I talked earlier about elite players, this is one of those guys that if you grab him, you may not necessarily play him every week. You may not. I know that's high for a number 15 ranking, but he is that type of player who can give you an elite performance and carry your team to victory. His high was 32.3. He had seven games over 20 and two games over 30. He was a WR1 40% of the time, um, WR2 46.7, and then three, number three uh, at 60%. So that's why Adam Thielen's coming in at number 15, and nothing's really changed there in Minnesota for him. Um, Justin Jefferson's probably going to have a better year than him. Yes, we do anticipate that. However, there is no competition at number two receiver on that roster. And if you tell me it's O.J. Howard, I'm not buying it. I'm not. So I'm going to I'm going to take Adam Thielen, and I think he'll fall. You could you could even get him possibly in a third or fourth round, and might be a nice little player to get you um, some some good points on a fairly regular week-to-week -week basis. Number 16, Tyler Lockett. Uh, his numbers are driven by receptions, which are number, uh, he had 100 to put him number one in this group. And then his uh, targets, 132, which put him at number four. And then TDs, 10, put him at number three. His yardage was 1,054. His under 10 scares you. He had seven of those games, but his high was 53. 
Uh, he had four games over 20 and three games over 30 and one over 40. His average draft position is around number 20 right now, but I have him ranked at number 16. I think he's still going to continue to get, get the targets. And I think the new offensive coordinator, Waldron, coming in is going to help him considerably um, perform better in, in, in that roster, in that field, and maybe have a little more consistency to his game. Number 17, Amari Cooper. He's in, the, in this position. His average draft position is number 16, so pretty close to where I've got him. Um, he is being driven by a couple factors for me. His receptions at 92 put him at number four in this group. His targets at 132 tied him at number four. He had five touchdowns, which is low. Uh, yardage was over 1,000, 1114. His under 10, which is a number I like, was only three, so fairly consistent. His WR1 numbers, 18.8% of the time, um, but his WR2 is at 50, and then his WR3 is at 75%. So I think those are good numbers. His high was 33.4 points. He had three plus 20 games and one plus 30. So as you can see, in that mid-range level, he's very, very consistent. And then teammate C.D. Lamb comes in at number 18. He's average. His average draft position is at number 14 currently. But I still think that Amari Cooper is the number one receiver in that in that team with uh, Dak Prescott being the quarterback. C.D. Lamb's reception, 74. He was targeted 111 times, five touchdowns, very similar to Amari Cooper. But his WR1 number was less at 12.5. His WR2 is less at 31.3. And his WR3 number is even less at 50%. So he falls down below. Yes, we're anticipating him to have um, a great season, but that's why he's ranked at number 18. His high is 25.2. He only had three games over 20, but his average PPR point per game um, with Dak Prescott was 17.1, which is a good number. So that's a reason why he's seeing a boost because if Dak Prescott stays healthy, again, there's another combo of a number one WR1 and number two that could help your team. And his under 10, he had five games. At number 19, Cooper Cup. His average draft position, believe it or not, has been um, number 19. So I got him right where, right where he should be. Uh, receptions is one of the reasons he had 92 receptions. He's very, very good at catching the football. 124 targets, only three TDs, which was a, a regression for him. Um, yardage 974 his high was 25.7 he only had two games over 20 he was under 10 four times I think that um, if you look at Marvin Jones and you think Marvin Jones in the Lions offense he was number 18 receiver last year he averaged nine TDs and um, in the last two years with Stafford, and his and his average ranking was number 18, and that's what I think you're going to see. I think Cups TDs are going to come up, which is going to move him up, and I could even see him jumping up into that 15 range. So I think his WR1 numbers go up from 20% last year. His WR2 numbers at 26.7 are going to go up, and his WR3 numbers at 53.3. I think Cooper Cup is. Um, a valuable asset for your fantasy football team. Um, coming in at 
Our next position, which is number 20, is Juju Smith-Schuster from Pittsburgh. His receptions, 97, uh, TDs, 9, and his consistency as a WR2 or better of 56.3%, which is number 2 in this next 15 group, is the reason I chose him at number 20. His average draft position, believe it or not, has been, num has been 30. So I, I don't think you have to pick him at number 20, but... Um, Definitely rating him a little higher than his average draft position is showing. His high was 24.9 points. He had four games over 20, and he had five games under 10. His yardage is low at 831, but again, hopefully Najee uh, will help change that for him. I think that's what they're hoping, and it helps their receiving core by having a little better running game in Pittsburgh. Number 21 Mike Evans, who has an average draft position of 12. I've dropped him considerably. His high was 40.1. He had four games over 20 points, only 70 receptions on 108 targets. His TDs is a great number, though. He had 13, which puts him at number two. Um, his WR1 numbers was only 18.8%. His WR2 numbers at 50% and WR3 at 62.5. Again, another low yardage total for him being a WR1 on his team at 1,006. And if you if you compare him versus Thielen um, or Godwin or Brown, um, those numbers are, are less. And I just think those three guys are better number ones or are a higher ranking. I don't know. Godwin and Brown are going to affect it. He, he, they had 84 ta ta receptions and 61 receptions, and I think that, um, I don't know, I think Thielen's a better choice with similar numbers. Um, at number 22, uh, coming out of an average draft position at 34, I rate him a little high. Robbie Anderson, uh, receptions 95 targets 136 that reception number puts him at number three in the next in that 15 group here of 11 through 25 targets at number two his three tds is low and i think he's got nowhere to go but up there his yardage was 1096 and i think one of the things you have to keep in mind with robbie anderson is darnold and watson caroline is still in play when it comes to uh, Deshaun Watson. And if Watson ends up in Carolina, he shoots up. He's, he's a rare, very consistent receiver in that number two and number three range, 43.8% and 56.3%. His teammate follows him at number 23, DJ Moore. He had 66 receptions on 118 targets, four TDs. Under 10 games, he had six. He had... Uh, 25.3 points is his high game. Three times he was over 20 points. He is being drafted as a number 23 average draft position, but his yardage is a little better than Robbie Anderson's at 11.93. Again, if Deshaun Watson ends up there, I see. I think you see those numbers climb for both of those guys. One of my favorite picks that's moved up a long ways for me next is Brandon Ayuk. His average draft position has been 25 which, you know, I know that's not a lot, but I really think this guy has a, got the caliber of player that you can grab a little bit later and get that elite number out of that I talked earlier. His uh, receptions 
are 60. His targets, 96, which is an average of 8 per game. Um, his 5 TDs, well, he actually had 7 TDs total because he had 5 receiving and 2 running. Puts him at number 5 in this group. But here's the thing that I really want to sell you on with him. His high number of 23.1, 5 games over 20. He had 4 games under 10. He missed 3 games. His yardage was 745. But his WR1 number, 41.7%, is number 1 in this group. And his number 2 number of 58.3% is number 1. And his number of wide receiver finishes at 3 or better of 66.7% is number 1. That is some remarkable consistency from him. And I think he only gets better if Debo Samuel and Kittle stay healthy. So keep your eye on him. In some drafts, he's, you can get him in the fifth, sixth round, maybe seventh. So watch for him. He might be that elite player that helps your team on a week-to-week -week basis that you may need. And then coming in at number 25, my last pick in this group, his average draft position is 28, Chase Claypool, Pittsburgh. He had 62 receptions, 119 targets, 9 TDs, 211.9 fantasy points, 873 yards. His high, again, we're looking at that elite number, 42.6. He had three games over 20. He didn't have any games over 30 other than that 40-point performance, which was one. He was under 10.7 times. But here's the downfall to him. In weeks 13 through week 16, he was under 10 points every week. And what time of year is that? For me, it's the final regular season and the first three games in the playoffs. So he he would not have helped my team last year in that situation. As a matter of fact, I was able to pull off a trade and get rid of him uh, before the playoffs. The playoffs that I didn't make, mind you, because I only won three games last year due to injuries. It's my story. But I'm going to work it a little differently this year, and hopefully I will finish in much better fashion. But he has a number of 56.3% at WR2, which was number two in this group, and 62.5% at number three. So keep those in mind as you move forward and you're building your draft strategy for your fantasy football championship team. Well, that's it. It wraps up our 11 through 25. Stay tuned. Keep looking for the next podcast, which is going to cover running back one through 10. And boy, oh boy, will there be some surprises there. And, and we're going to we're going to even share some information with you that is going to hopefully help you determine part of your draft strategy, which is going to be what teams are good to focus on the running back position from based on history. We have a little bit of history lesson for you there. So that's it. Play nice. Love your neighbor. Have fun. Bye.